Hey church, Pastor Nate here, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this brief little message that I'm recording for you. It's actually Friday afternoon at the time that I'm recording this um, on March uh, 13th, and I'm actually just sitting in my office uh, with my Bible and my notepad, uh, and I just wanted to share a few thoughts with you and thought we'd get it out to the Calvary family. Um, as many of you know, by this point, you know we're not going to be able to meet as a church together uh, this Sunday. And uh, I wrote a whole letter about that at calvary.com uh, that you can go and read and see the details and the thinking of that. Really, the bottom line of it is that the governing authorities uh, did not want meetings of larger than 250 people. Uh, and um, we want to be respectful of the governing authorities, and, and really, logically, it just seemed, at the end of the day, like the most loving thing that we could do for humanity and society in general at this point is to do um, everything we can not to spread the virus, and it sounds like large-scale gatherings uh, would do that, so uh, we've had to you know adjust this week, and we'll update you uh, for the weeks to come. Obviously, future Sundays are also in jeopardy as well, but we just wanted a little bit of time to be able to see how the situation develops, um, especially as it pertains and relates to some of our smaller ministries, uh, like youth ministry or um, you know young adult ministry or life groups uh, that wouldn't have the same numerical restrictions on them as our Sunday gatherings or our Tuesday night church services do. So. Uh, that's why we did the one-week um, suspension of all the services and gatherings so that uh, next week we can make a better, clearer decision once we get a better idea of where things are at and, and where potential uh, life group leaders and hosts, how they feel, uh, along with our staff and all of that. So we'll keep you updated you know, as the situation uh, unfolds. But uh, I, I don't want to regurgitate the letter that I wrote to you. I, I do ask you to go and, and read about that. Uh, my request is that uh, at some point on Sunday, you would make a conscious decision to sit down and watch the streamed church service that we are going to put out uh, this Sunday. I'll be, uh, we'll be doing a full church service at 9 o'clock on Sunday, so you could stream it at that time. You could stream it at 11, or you could stream it at 6 o'clock at our regularly scheduled times, or you could also just watch the archive of it. The, the, the second that that first service is over with, we'll get that uploaded to YouTube so that you could go there and just watch the service uh, at any point on Sunday or even in the week following. And to me, this is really important. You see, we, we um, still need uh, the Word of God and I'm especially excited about the the word and the passage that the Lord has put on my heart. I'm going to diverge from the book of Mark this Sunday and I think take you into the book of Acts a little bit and think about the early church. Uh, but So we need the word of God, and I can't wait to share it with you. But we also still need each other. And I, I do just want to remind you, you know, there there are certain individuals that are in the danger zone, and you can read about those, you know, susceptible people groups uh, or age groups at the CDC website, um, who are not supposed to gather with more than ten people. At least that's the guideline at the time of this recording. But 
you guys, we can still gather together. We can still be with our spiritual friends and family in Christ. We don't have to completely isolate. We can, of course, reach out to each other with our technology, but um, the government at this point isn't telling us that we can't go to each other's homes, that we can't fellowship together. And so if people are healthy and, uh, you know, all, all of that, then, you know, there, there's nothing to be said for family members or even friends gathering together, watching a Bible study or a church service, praying together, spending that kind of time together. So uh, my hope and prayer is that you would take in and that we would basically have an online church gathering this Sunday. And I have more thoughts about that online, so I'm not going to say any more about it here. But the thing that I wanted to do in this short little message is I just wanted to consider um, just and encourage you with some contrasts that I think exist within the church, the body of Christ, in comparison to society and culture at large at this point. Um, and, and to just think about how to respond to times like these as believers. You know, Jesus talked about days that would come that were filled with wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines and pestilences. And he encouraged us as his disciples in times like that to not allow our hearts to be overwhelmed or overrun with fear, but to endure in those seasons as the church. I was actually talking to uh, a missionary recently who explained to me that his whole network of missionary leaders who are in countries where uh, the virus is, uh, you know, much more of an issue uh, than it is at least at least at this time in our own nation. And he just said, you know, they all determined that they are going to go out and they are going to help those that are sick. They're going to preach the gospel. Uh, they wanted to, you know, really be a counter narrative to the climate that they were or the society that they were living in. And I think we as Christians have an opportunity during a time uh, like this. You know, one of the things I think that is uh, an opportunity or is a contrast for us is, if I could just say it like this, you know, it, it feels, it can feel during a time like this, like everything is so chaotic, right? You've got stock markets, you know, taking a huge plunge, climbing back up, you know, the markets are volatile, you know, um, news just rapidly changing every day, you know, a, a new update, like the second you think you've figured it out and, and you know what's going on, you know, new updates and revelations come. It can feel very chaotic. And I'm sure even for you, your personal life has been put in turmoil. I know for Christina and I, it feels like our email inbox is filled with just new notifications. Hey, this has been canceled. This has been changed. This has been updated. And sometimes even, you know, within an hour or so, the same organization, you know, changing policy or whatever it might be. It just feels like such a chaotic kind of time. But in the midst of that chaos, I think as believers, we have an opportunity to regain the focus that Jesus Christ wants us to have. You see, in times like this, the Lord can help us remember what is actually important. 
you know, that the people that he's put in our lives, our church family, our, our friends, the, the, the human relationships that we actually have, these are of utmost importance. I know in one sense, you know, as Christina and I watch our children's calendars get totally uh, cleared, we, we begin looking around going, well, actually, this is kind of nice. You know, I remember back in the 80s, you know, I lived here on the Monterey Peninsula during the uh, Loma Prieta earthquake. And though we didn't experience lots of, um, you know, building damage and all of that here on the Monterey Peninsula, we did experience some and the power was out and all of that. And so we had a time where school was canceled and, you know, lots of things just couldn't happen anymore, you know, and, and it was like the deck was cleared. And all of a sudden, you started noticing, wow, families together, friends actually have time to spend together. Churches have time to actually go to be together. You know, so let this chaos perhaps be a time of refocusing your own heart on the things that matter most in the kingdom of God. Another way that I would want to encourage you or think that that this is an opportunity for us is and this might sound odd to say in light of the fact that we uh, felt compelled and thought that we basically needed to uh, cancel our Sunday gathering this week uh, is that you know I think in a time like this the the tendency is to want to isolate you know the tendency is to want to um, sequester yourself, to break away. But the truth, like I said, is that we need each other. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, obviously, the governing authorities could announce to us very soon that uh, people gathering together with friends in their living room or in coffee shops, that that's a no-no. We need to avoid even uh, that large of a group. And certainly right now they're already saying that if if you're um, an, an older age bracket that you should be extra cautious and avoid uh, even moderately sized groups uh, of 10 or more, I think is the number right now, though I can't remember it off the top of my head. But um, though that's the case, and though they might say that at some point in the next few weeks, and I pray that they don't, but but if that comes, then it comes. But the tendency is to hear, wow, it's not good to be in an arena full of people or in an auditorium full of people. You know, in some states, the number is 1,000. In some states, 500. Here in California, they've asked for groups of 250 or uh, larger to, you know, delay their meetings or cancel them entirely. But the tendency is to hear those things and say, okay, I'm just going to isolate myself entirely. But we still need each other. We still need to gather together. And, uh, you know, Hebrews tells us that we should not forsake the assembling of the saints together. And we have an opportunity to do that even if it isn't in our main Sunday service gathering. So I think that can be kind of a, a great message that we communicate. Christians congregating, getting together, loving uh, each other. I know I miss the people in my life group. I, I, I know that I, I love to get together and pray, so I'm looking for opportunities to be able to, to do that. And I think another thing that I would say is that in a time like this, many people will turn inward 
and begin thinking about themselves um, rather than, um, you know, being wise and taking care of their responsibilities, but also just looking for opportunities to be outward and to serve the needs of other people. You know, you might know somebody who is, uh, because of their age, they're just in a delicate, sensitive bracket, or they're just afraid and fear has bound them up in their home and they can't get out. You might want to love that person by running their errands for them or going shopping for them. You know, if you feel, um, so inclined and you, you don't have the same nervousness about, um, the sickness as they would either naturally or because of, uh, fear. Uh, but we need to be thinking outward. You know, I, I've been praying this week for our life groups and praying that people in our life groups who are on an hourly wage would be loved and considered financially uh, by those in their life group who are on salary, who their salary isn't affected, but the people that are having shifts cut and tips, um, you know, evaporate or whatever it might be. That, that those who are, you know, better off would be able to take care of those who are, you know, really hit during this time. You know, we often talk about what the government is going to do for people in various situations, but I think it's good for us as believers to ask the question, what can, what can I do? Is there something the Lord is asking me to do? And of course, we as individuals or even as one church cannot handle all of the problems that are out there, but you could make a difference perhaps in one person's life, or you could team up with someone else and make a difference in one person's life. So consider that during this time, you know, who out there might be particularly hurting, you know, maybe uh, through school cancellations, there's a single mother in your life who needs to go to work, but now doesn't have uh, a place to, to for her children to be during the day. Maybe you uh, have that flexibility and you can step up and, and say, hey, I, I'll, I'll take care of that need, you know, while we get through this crisis. But let's look for opportunities as the church to serve our community, but definitely to serve uh, each other and to be outward. I also just wanted to piggyback on that and think about Another contrast in the believer's mentality regarding uh, finances. You know, this is one of the scariest things. I was reading Gavin Newsom, our state governor's um, uh, declaration of a state of emergency the other day, and he had, I don't know how many different bullet points, but it must have been, you know, 15 or 20 different points, and it seemed that the vast majority of them, and I realize this is the government's purview to a degree, but, but a vast majority of them were addressing the, the financial uh, issues, financial situations. And look, this is a scary thing, right? You know, nobody wants to go look at their retirement portfolio and see some major dip. You know, nobody wants to, cons to, to, uh, you know, have to hear the news that, Hey, you're losing shifts at work. You know, these are scary times and, and, you know, we can tend to worry about our finances. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter six. He knows that we're a people that we could be prone to worrying about finances. Um, but in a time like this, I, I would just remind you, first of all, that 
when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us, first of all. The Lord is our great provider, Jehovah Jireh. He sees our need. He takes care of us. So commit your way to him. But in the midst of that, what is a counterintuitive, Christ-like way to respond? Well, I think, like I alluded to a few minutes ago, potentially considering um, generosity, you know, looking for people that we can help and support and give to uh, in their time of need. And so just asking that question and trusting the Lord in the midst of all of it. I think another contrast as well, brothers and sisters, is uh, uncertainty versus certainty. You know, this is an uncertain thing, like what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, what's going to happen next week? It feels so uncertain. But the thing is, as believers, we have certainty. We have God. We have his word. We know that he's in control. We know that Jesus's kingdom is coming. And, you know, I, I, I have been noticing just how um, I mean, what, I think one of the false gods of our time is the sense of control, you know, that my life is in control. And, you know, it's just amazing, right? You just look at our world today and it's so obvious we're not in control. We, we aren't, don't have the um, ability to by ourselves, you know, figure this out. We're, we're at the mercy right now of this virus. Now there's things that we can do that science is telling us we need to do, and we're, we're going to, to do them. Uh, but isn't it fascinating how susceptible we are? I mean, we're, we're so interwoven and networked together that what affects, you know, one group, it just affects the whole world. And, and it just feels like a volatile, uncertain time. But I think we need to remember we never had control in the first place. You know, we're, we're not in control of our elements. We're not in control of our world. And if we've thought that, and, and if that thought of control has caused us to um, cease to pray and cry out to the Lord, then perhaps this would be a time for us to, to realize, you know, Lord, I don't really actually have certainty in this life and world. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but you are certain. You are my rock. You are my fortress. I think another element that would be good for us to consider as believers is, you know, just allowing our fear to be replaced with courage, our fear to be replaced with courage. You know, the truth of the matter, the bottom line is that at least physically speaking, when it comes to a believer's body, we know that we will partake in the great and final resurrection of the dead. So when we don't when we cancel services, you know, on on this Sunday, uh, I'm 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 um I I mean it when I say that I think this is a loving thing for us to do for our community because, you know, the last thing our community needs is for hospital beds to be over hospitals to be overrun or something like that if the coronavirus hits our area. That's the last thing we want to see happen. And, and they say that the best way to just keep the curve real small is, is a little bump is to just not have large scale meetings. So we want to do that. But for us, are we not meeting because we're afraid to die? I mean, we want to do whatever we can to avoid sickness. We're not running into it. But at the end of the day, we know that in Jesus, we're going to get new bodies in him. We're going to be resurrected. So in a sense, 
we can say we do not fear what is going to come, but we can have courage in Christ Jesus. And and I realize that for, for many of you, this could be a really unsettling time that does bring fear into your heart. I know that some of you, you're not afraid about this at all, and I totally get that. I understand. But for those of you who are experiencing that fear, let me encourage you. You know, Have courage in Christ Jesus. Trust him. He's going to get you through, uh, even if it just means you know getting us through on into eternity. But uh, I feel pretty good about uh, the the possibility that you know we're going to band together as a, a nation and as a, and, and here in this world, and and we're going to going to see this virus pass through. But again, you know, even if it turns into something more catastrophic than we would want. Uh, we can trust the Lord in the midst of all of this so we can have that courage, that trust, that boldness in him. I also think that there's a great contrast, and I'm about to wrap this up now, but with just in the church, you know, for us, how we feel about um, what it means for us to gather together uh, with believers. I, I believe so much in the corporate gathering of God's people. I've always known that it is but one chunk of the overall believer's life and have always discouraged people from making the large gathering on Sunday or whatever other time believers meet the exclusive Christian experience of your life. No, we have to swim within the faith. And that means smaller groups, larger groups, one-on-one. You know, we need to immerse ourselves in the body of Christ. And to be quite honest with you, one of my strongest reservations about canceling uh, church, uh, the large church gathering, I should say, this uh, week and perhaps in the weeks to come, is, is really simple. Statistics have shown that American Christians are already super quick to cancel their own Sunday church experience. It, it, it means that there's a an attitude that takes the corporate gathering super lightly. And, um, you know, to me, it's like, it's discouraging. Sports leagues and jobs and Netflix and leisure have all competed with the body of Christ. It's part of the reason why we have four main gatherings every week as a church, 9, 11, and 6 on Sundays, and 6.15 on Tuesdays, because I'm, I, I feel that I'll stand before the Lord, and the citizens of the Monterey Peninsula, believers on the Monterey Peninsula, if the Lord says to them, you know, hey, you, you like never went to church, um, I know that I will not be the reason, you know, because I just had one service on Sunday morning and people just couldn't make it because of their jobs or different things that were coming up. I'm trying to create an environment where if you want to honor the Lord by gathering publicly with other believers, you absolutely can. There will be some slot that works uh, with your schedule. So this is so important to me. Um, And I'm so thankful for the believers in our church who have that kind of spirit, that kind of mentality. Um, But, so all that said, it's kind of a precursor to this last thing, is just, isn't it nice that here we have this opportunity where, you know, I know for me, I'm going to get together with 
brothers and sisters in Christ in smaller environments over the next week. We're going to pray on weekday mornings at the church. I'm going to gather with life group friends. I'm going to be with uh, other friends that are believers and we'll gather together. Uh, and in those environments, uh, it, it's so beautiful because that's still church. Um, and so perhaps this can be a great way for us as Christians to wake up a little bit to the reality that, uh, look, it's not, you know, church isn't just something that happens for 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's who we are. It's our identity. The blood of Jesus Christ has purchased us, bought us, made us who we are. So I'm praying for that to happen uh, in you and in us uh, together. So I apologize if this has been a little bit of like a like a ramble, you know, like I said, I'm just here in my office with a few, you know, little notes scribbled out on a piece of paper in my Bible sitting in front of me. And I know it's not a typical Bible study or anything like that, but I just love you so much. And I've just been thinking about and praying for, for all of you. I've been praying for those of you who, uh, you know, this is a terrifying thing. I've been praying for those of you who aren't afraid of this at all. I've been praying for those of you who um, feel like it's been overblown. I've been praying for those of you who are in a demographic that is more susceptible. I've been praying for those of you who are going to get hit financially. I've been uh, praying for those of you who you know, are, are just feeling lonely during a time like this or who fear has overrun your heart. And I just pray that we'd be able to get through this together. I think the Lord is, is good. He's on the throne and I'm just so thankful that we have him. I can't imagine facing these trials and difficulties in life uh, without him. So again, this Sunday, uh, at least, March 15th, uh, we're going to hold our services online only. So go to calvary.com and get that live streamed. We'd love to have you join us that way. We're just going to have a full-on service. We're gonna, Brenton's going to lead worship. I'm going to give a teaching. Uh, and then uh, we'll let you know in the weeks to come uh, what uh, what we're going to do, you know, as this, um, you know, response to the coronavirus uh, continues to, to, to play out. But I just encourage you, you know, live your life, honor the Lord, uh, keep doing what God has called you to do. All right, love you guys. I can't wait to see you in the flesh. Uh, hopefully it's very, very soon. God bless.